0: This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 60. To another episode of Marriage,
1: Marriage, Marriage,
0: Marriage to the Max. I am your host, Kelly Hurst,
1: and I'm Brett Hurst, and I we're marriage
0: you. educators and co-founders of Home Encouragement. And this podcast is designed to help you take your marriage to the next level.
1: Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Well,
0: today we're going to – this is actually the third of three episodes about a topic that we covered a while back on our very first episode of Marriage to the Max. We did an episode called The Three Types of Marriage. And um, that episode continues to be kind of one of our more popular episodes, and we think it's because it's just really kind of easy to get and identify with. A while back, we came up with some helpful verbiage around certain categories of marriage, and we landed on three types. And so we thought it might be helpful to dig a little bit deeper into each one of them. So last episode, we talked about uh, the coasting marriage, and the episode before that, we talked about the crisis marriage. Mm -hmm. And so today, we're going to talk about the connecting marriage. I like this one. Yay! This is is a little more fun to talk about. So our working definition of a connecting marriage is this. It's the marriage in which both partners are completely committed to and working on the relationship. Far from being a relationship free of conflict or problems, because those relationships are non-existent. This is true. These partners are always looking for ways to connect, reconnect, and grow. This couple is not content to have life pass them by as they grow apart. They are proactive about their marriage, and they use every experience in life to turn toward each other.
1: You know, we have run into this several times where people get this idea. You know, they look at maybe 80-year-olds who are holding hands, and they go, oh, that's so sweet. You know, Mm -hmm. well, how did they get that kind of marriage? Well, they just have been married a long time. Well, that's not how they got to that point. You know, we believe that a married couple left to their own devices will just naturally grow apart. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the intentionality toward connecting that really creates a connecting marriage. Kind of makes sense.
0: Yeah. And so we want to note that while the crisis and the coasting marriages have a shelf life, because those really can't last forever. Mm-hmm. The connecting marriage is the only one that can be a permanent category. Right. So, I just love talking about the connecting marriage. It's 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 a lot of fun. So, what are some of the hallmarks of a connecting marriage, Brett Hurst? You want to kick it off?
1: Well, love is so importante, love. <laughs> Got to love each other. Uh,
0: Definitely. And
1: we're talking about unconditional love more than anything else. I mean, yeah. d- certainly we're talking about Attraction and uh-huh. emotional connection, and those types of things. But more than anything, the glue is going to be uh, loving each other sacrificially mm-hmm. and unconditionally.
0: Yeah, because there are different types of love. And, you know, there's the Eros love, which is kind of the more romantic, physical love. There's the, is it Phileo yes, love? That's yes. the more of the friendship. Correct. And then there's Agape love, which is that unconditional, just decision of love, Mm -hmm. you know, it's choosing to show love no matter what. And Mm -hmm. so if marriage doesn't have agape love (laughs) built into it at some point, it's going to struggle because you can't keep the eros love going. You can keep phileo love going for a long time, but without agape love, it's kind of hard to even keep that going.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And so close cousins of that would be respect, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody needs to be respected in their relationships. Trust, we've made that point several times, that's the foundation of a healthy marriage. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, intimacy. I mean, that's kind of the whole point is growing in all the different facets and components of intimacy throughout a long lifetime marriage together.
0: Yeah, and we talk about the different types of intimacy, too, because most people, when they hear the word intimacy, they automatically think sex. Well, I do. Well, of course you do. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: But there's social intimacy and there's intellectual intimacy and um,
1: recreational. Yeah,
0: recreational. I mean, there's kind of a, a number of well rounded. Yeah. parts of what intimacy looks like. And there's
1: there's a lot of ways to grow close to each other. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is cool.
0: So that's a good start. So another hallmark of a connecting marriage is to nurture fondness and admiration. And so now we're kind of digging into the Gottman Institute, seven principles of what he has discovered in decades of research. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, what I always love about Gottman, the Institute, is um, they determined to look at good marriages, to see what made good marriages, rather than... And just identify what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. They studied what they call the masters, the people who'd been married, you know, long time, right. 40, what, 50 what are, years.
1: What are the hallmarks of a what successful marriage? Of, yeah, regardless and what makes of it work. other factors like socioeconomic differences and yeah, cultural sure. differences and all that kind of stuff.
0: And so, nurturing fondness and admiration. The, the reason this always jumps out at me is because I think when you first get married, particularly when you're young, you think or you assume that your fondness and your admiration for each other is going to naturally get stronger because you feel it so strongly when you first get married or when you first start a relationship.
1: I was counting on that.
0: Yeah. And like, you don't have to foster that when you're first starting out. Mm -hmm. It's just there. It's the, it was the chemical attraction that got you started in the first place. Mm -hmm. But at some point that we always call it the chemical fog wears off and then you have to start kind of fanning that flame. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we tell couples to keep dating after they're married and all these other things, because you have to kind of nurture that Mm -hmm. so that it will grow it won't grow on its own
1: right but that's a good thing it's a great thing it's a good thing that it takes effort because then that gets you engaged no pun intended it Mm -hmm. gets you involved in the process of growing together otherwise we wouldn't do it yeah we would only settle for one facet of intimacy Mm -hmm. not all the other facets yeah another important hallmark of a connecting marriage is when couples turn Toward each other instead of away.
0: And what do you mean by that?
1: Well, it sounds like kind of a duh, but <laughs> you know, people get very comfortable with turning away mm-hmm. in their marriage. They get into that routine. We talked a lot about that during the coasting episode last time, but in a connecting marriage, you're in pursuit, mm-hmm. is the way I would say it. You're always pursuing the other person, not in an obsessive codependent way, mm-hmm. but in a way that where you're looking at that person like, wow this is my life partner and there's so much to mine in this relationship mm-hmm. you know there's so much there, there's still so much I don't know I mm-hmm. mean you you and I have been married almost 27 years there's still stuff we don't know absolutely about each other and we talk all the time yeah. you know and we process stuff all the time and so forth but we're were continually amazed, like, wow, I did not know that. Yeah. You know?
0: I particularly like the part of the research from Gottman where he he watched couples who were the master couples who did marriage very well, and one of the the common themes with them is they had this little thing where if one spouse made a general comment about something, the weather or Mm. a tree or something, the partner would give some kind of verbal cue back That they were listening. They were in the game. They were in the game. And I we've observed a lot of couples, you know, from time to time where one of them will say something and the other one will just have no response at all. And you think, well, how important is it to just comment? Oh, I see that tree too, you know, or oh yeah, the weather's nice. It's not that what you're saying is all that important. It's this idea that you're connected to your spouse. And so every thought that happens, it may not be earth shattering, but you're there in the moment with them. And I just find that fascinating. Fascinating that that was some of the research that emerged that showed what healthy couples do.
1: And on that note, you made me think of. I noticed this a lot. You can be even. It's possible to be in a high conflict marriage and still have a connecting marriage. Absolutely. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of couples that come in my office uh, frequently, and you know, they're just they they have that high conflict. Uh, situation mm-hmm. maybe a loud style of mm-hmm. of uh working through pro- yeah exactly and so forth but they're still uh turning towards each other yeah. in the way that they do that mm-hmm. you know so it's it's still healthy, even though it might not might not appear to be healthy all the time. You know, yeah. but, I mean, couples fight. That's just the way yeah, it is,
0: for sure. Uh, another hallmark is that they influence each other, mm-hmm. and this is crucial because a lot of couples. Well, w- what this describes to me is that you've got to have two partners who are okay with not being perfect, mm-hmm. right. which may sound like a duh again, but you know, we get into marriage, and a lot of times we fight for our position mm-hmm. or we fight for our opinion, and we feel like the world's gonna end if we have to give an inch on some compromise or something.
1: Or we fight for expectations that we've drilled yeah. into our brain. Either, this is what marriage should look like.
0: Yeah, and either way it ends up being kind of a power control. Yeah. A power issue. But if you've got two people who know, hey, I'm not perfect, I'm not gonna get it right all the time, and I'm willing for you to influence me mm-hmm. because you've got strengths I don't have, mm-hmm. and then it's reciprocal. It goes both ways. I mean, it's so great because you've got two people who bring different experiences and strengths to a relationship. Why not utilize both? Right. You know, but Maximize a lot of times it. we'll see kind of this off thing where one of them influences the other, and and the and the one spouse will kind of be influenced by the other spouse, mm-hmm. but it doesn't go back and forth. Right. You know, you don't have that vulnerability uh to be able to say, Well, I don't I know I don't get it right all the time, you know, teach me.
1: Yeah, right. Well and then a connecting couple is good at solving solvable problems. Some problems can be solved, others mm-hmm. typically or frequently cannot be, but Mm -hmm. uh, the ones that can be, they work those out. Yeah.
0: And I think just the whole idea under the umbrella of managing your conflict in a healthy way Mm -hmm. is, of course, you know, you solve your solvable problems, but then you overcome your gridlock too, because Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, what's the statistic? 69% of our problems are perpetual and not resolvable according
1: to Gottman's research yeah so Mm
0: -hmm. not everything has a compromise not everything has a simple answer sometimes you've got it you've got some major issues to work through
1: right well and just to clarify that point because we do bring that statistic up a lot that's the average amount for the average married couple and uh, that That stuff that is not resolvable is tied to uh, temperament differences, personality differences, Mm -hmm. family of origin, histories, and those types of things. Mm -hmm. But those things can be managed, as you said.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so we we have said this before on the podcast, but we like the term conflict management more than conflict resolution because not everything's going to get exactly resolved. Right. Sometimes you have to just kind of live with some things and know that they're going to pop up again and again.
1: Well, it's kind of like our walk with God. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we would like God to resolve everything and fix everything, particularly on our timetable. Uh And sometimes there are situations we're in where we just got to kind of hang out. Yeah. In those situations. and
0: Yeah, and give each other grace to move forward in them.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And then uh, connecting couples also set goals together, mm-hmm. all kinds of goals. Yeah. You know, not just – I mean, maybe you and I like to do business together, mm-hmm. you know, so that's an easy thing. There's a lot of couples like that. But, but we've got other goals that are far more appealing mm-hmm. than that, you know, mm-hmm. just like – just about – goals about getting closer to each other and mm-hmm. and enjoying each other more and and getting to spend more time with our kids and you know someday when we have grandkids and those types of things so yeah. those are those are nice dreams to discuss and, mm-hmm. and put in front of you uh, the cool thing about doing that is it gives you things to look forward to together because yeah. we've all we're all working hard we've all got our jobs and our responsibilities and so forth mm-hmm. but when you have those things to Uh, You have those goals to shoot for and and those dreams to to pursue together. That kind of lightens the load a little bit.
0: Yeah. Every season of marriage has its own set of challenges and its own set of things to look forward to.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Also, a hallmark is that a healthy marriage, both partners are students of their spouse. I wasn't a
1: very good student.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're a good student of your spouse. That's true. Um, and this just goes back to this idea that, you know, Gottman calls them love maps, but it's that part of your brain that you reserve for knowing the intimate things about your your partner. Um, you know, whether they like their salad dressing on the salad or on the side, mm. whether they're going to order unsweet iced tea at a restaurant or not. I mean, these sound like kind of simple, dumb things, but when you're studying Sounds each like other... Sounds
1: like a movie, too. When
0: you're studying each other, you know... And it goes back to this idea that with every decade we're changing and mm-hmm. we're evolving and growing into different kinds of people. So I am, thank God, not the naive little girl I was when I first got married. You know, I remember you saying to me like a few years in, going, "You're not the sweet little girl I married." And I'm like, "Thank God!" I, I you didn't want me to stay there, did you? You know, I guess not. <laughs> we have to change and grow, and so part of that is part of that journey is learning about each other. And so we're always watching, we're always listening and being aware of what makes our spouse tick and what they like and what their dreams are and all that kind of stuff. Brilliant. And you're listening to Marriage to the Max. Welcome back to Marriage to the Max, and if you are in the greater Houston area, we want you to know that we host a monthly date night called Dinner and a Marriage, and we would love to have you join us, so please visit dinnerandamarriage.org to find out more details. I'm
1: writing that down right now.
0: We're continuing our conversation entitled The Connecting Marriage, which is the last in a series of three. And it's so much more fun to talk about the connecting marriage. It's a little heavy to talk about the other kinds, but this is a little more fun. So we're moving uh, forward into a few more hallmarks of a connecting marriage. And what would you say the next one is, Brett Hurst?
1: Well, my favorite, romance and sex.
0: Chicka chicka bow wow. <laughs> Sorry, that was really bad. <laughs> that was a really bad impression. Let's uh,
1: let's talk about that later. But, no, you know, just putting that on the calendar, even you mm-hmm. know, which will we said this many times before, scheduling romance, scheduling sex even, Mm -hmm. this sounds very unsexy, but uh, if you don't prioritize those things, if you don't plan for them, Mm -hmm. a lot of times they don't happen. Yeah. Because there's all kinds of things that that vie for your attention. There's Mm -hmm. all kinds of things that can distract you from connecting romantically and sexually.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, something else that we talk about is that communication is healthy in a connecting marriage, and not just the fact that they, you know, a connecting couple is good at communication because that's probably a, a, a given. But they're also not afraid to have the difficult conversations. I think we talked in the coasting episode about um, coasting couples are typically wanting to sweep things under the rug. Mm. They don't really want to deal with. Uh, you know conflict
1: right right um
0: the co- the connecting marriage you know they have a history together they know that they're gonna be fine if they have to tackle a sticky conversation
1: well and they know that it pays to go ahead and have those conversations yeah you're gonna be better off
0: definitely yeah and you might just uh, you might end up having fewer of those sticky conversations if you just have the few that you're trying to avoid That's
1: right I can have two or I can have twelve <laughs> yeah exactly. You know. So, and then also uh, connecting marriages, I think they have a priority of wanting or trying their best, let's say, to see eye to eye on things that can divide us like money, plans for the future, maybe how to decorate the house or mm-hmm. do uh, home improvement.
0: Parenting. Uh,
1: parenting, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. People come from different points of view on that. Yeah,
0: notice we didn't say that they always see eye to eye. Right. We are talking about they strive to see. It's so important to, when you're married to to just try to be in the other person's shoes. Mm-hmm. The only perspective we have is our own and we tend to get married to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just you know think that that's the way, the right way. and um, But it's so helpful to be able to see where the other person is coming from and you can practice a couple of tools to make that happen, but um, at least striving to get on the same page and giving each other the respect when you don't see eye to eye, of thinking, well, it's not my way or the highway. We've got to have some give and take here.
1: Well, to your point about how important it is to see eye to eye, it not only helps the health of the relationship, but also brings you in to a wider panorama in your own world. Mm
0: -hmm. You might learn something.
1: Exactly, which is one of the great things of being married. For sure. Is, wow, I learned something more about something that I never cared to learn about before. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, Another hallmark is that friendship and fun is a cornerstone. Um, Friendship is definitely a cornerstone of long-term healthy marriages. You just really – it's difficult to have a long, sustaining marriage without a close friendship.
1: And what do you mean by friendship within the context of marriage?
0: Like I have you know, girlfriends who I'm very close to. You have male friends who you're very close to. And those absolutely serve a purpose, and I wouldn't want my life to be without those. But I think married couples who aren't – best friends, or at the very least, very close friends, miss out on something, I think. kind of
1: what's the point? Yeah. You're definitely my first call. Unfortunately, you don't pick up the phone, so... (laughs) That's
0: not true. I just don't (laughs) like the phone. I pick up the phone. Yeah. I just don't like the phone. We need to do an episode on that.
1: It would just be one long fight.
0: Well, I don't know. We'll, We'll talk about it. All right.
1: What about the next one? I'm not talking about <laughs> just having healthy expectations mm-hmm. of one another in yeah. a connecting marriage.
0: Yeah, Andy Stanley has a good um, sermon series on this idea, and it's called "I Marriage I" with a little uh, little letter like iPhone or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and what i like about it is he kind of he talks about how before we get married we have hopes and desires mm-hmm. and then something happens that after we get married those hopes and desires become expectations right and when they're expectations we get into that contract way of thinking right. which is such a marriage killer it yeah. just is why isn't and, this
1: happening yeah
0: exactly i expect this from you you need to be i invested your a lot weight. to
1: get into this yeah. relationship and-,
0: and so he talks about trying to encourage married couples to go back to that mindset of a, of something being a hope and a desire. Because if a hope and desire gets met, you're thrilled. You're just so excited over the moon. Yeah. How great. If an expectation gets met, it's like, well, that was supposed to happen. You were supposed to do that. Yeah. And
1: why was it three weeks late?
0: Yeah. So we we talk with couples a lot about having healthy, realistic expectations in marriage. Right. I have Um,
1: no expectations. So Zero expectations. I'm happy all the time. (laughs) Uh,
0: Personality differences don't stop Connecting couples, Um, you and I have very different personalities. We learned this from our premarital counseling days, actually. Yeah. That we we just don't see things the same way. We don't process information the same. We don't. A lot of stuff is very very different. But Mm -hmm. um, just like in our relationship, we kind of learned how to have let that benefit our relationship rather than. Tear it down. It's a
1: plus instead of a negative. Yeah, exactly.
0: Right? And then, what's our last uh, hallmark for a connecting marriage?
1: Just creating shared meaning mm-hmm. regarding uh, the commitment itself, and then just your values of life and so forth. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of couples have this, even in the coasting uh, marriage category. They share similar values and so forth mm-hmm. on one level, mm-hmm. you know. But do you do you go deeper and mm-hmm. talk? In in more detailed enjoyable conversations about what those values are about and mm-hmm. how did you get there and you know, yeah and I, th- I think, it, think exploring that there's a lot m- more to experience together as a mm-hmm. married couple
0: and I think there's a, a healthy idea of you know not that you live your live your married life for other people but when you can kind of have that thirty thousand view and realize that your marriage does touch other people and you know of course, your kids and your grandkids, but Mm -hmm. I mean, even other people that you're in relationship with, friends. um, You know, when when your marriage is about something bigger than just the two of you, Mm -hmm. um, then you can kind of see that your marriage is influential and plays a a role in the community. Um, And so If for no other reason than that, it's worth building a healthy marriage because you you don't know what kind of legacy you'll leave as a couple.
1: Well, and just in the same way God designed all of us as individuals to be light, you know, Mm -hmm. ditto for marriages. You know, Mm -hmm. you said recently that you believe marriages are supposed to be like cities on a hill, you know. Uh, kind of a beacon to society, mm-hmm. and I agree with you. Well, yeah. in this
0: day and age, their health—really healthy marriages—are so rare, uh-huh. sadly, yeah. that I think people are drawn to couples who are happy and healthy. And you know, uh, and again, they're not perfect. No healthy couple is perfect or problem-free. Right. Um, but I think that that they can serve a, a bigger purpose in the world than just the two of them being happy together.
1: Then be happy.
0: I will be happy. I am happy. Well, it has definitely been well worth the time to dig a little deeper into these three categories of marriage.
1: That's a good series.
0: And just please know that if you have identified as a coasting or a crisis marriage, you do not have to stay there. Mm -hmm. There is always a way to the next level. And uh, so if you don't know who to reach out to, contact us and we can get you to the person you need to to uh, talk with. This has been a, a lot of fun. Absolutely. And if you'd like to contact us, you can find us at marriage to the max.org. And you can also check out our website at homeencouragement.org. Also, we hope you'll follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And if you have a topic or question you'd like for us to discuss on the podcast, send us an email to the Hursts, H-U-R-S-T-S at homeencouragement.org. And we will do our best to get it on the air.
1: You're a good speller.
0: And we hope you'll help us out by rating this podcast on iTunes. This helps us to have more visibility. And if you write us a nice review, we'll try to give you a shout out on the air.
1: Why is your voice doing that? I don't
0: know. I'm just trying to change it up. So thanks for listening today. And until next time, remember, healthy marriage, healthy world. God bless y'all.
1: See ya.